Do you think that classical music is not for you and you don't know where to start? Or maybe you're a fan already and would welcome a fresh approach. You've come to the right place. Perfect pitch is for everyone, beginners or experts, whatever your age. Lend Nick Healy Hutchinson your ears for his weekly dose of classical music that will enrich your life. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Perfect Pitch podcast, which brings you a new approach to classical music. I'm going to plunge straight in with Johann Sebastian Bach, because any introduction to classical music has to start with him, and then I'll explain what this podcast is all about.
We just listened to an orchestral version of Bach's hunting cantata, Sheep May Safely Graze. And if you're new to classical music, I hope you'd admit that's a rather lovely tune. The very term classical music can conjure up all sorts of misleading and sadly negative associations. You may be one of those people who thinks it's just not for you. It's for toffs. It's expensive. It's intimidating. Or that it's simply too large a field to explore and you don't know where to start so can't be bothered. I'm certainly no expert myself. I'm no more than an amateur enthusiast. So any knowledge I may have picked up over the years has come simply from listening. I'm also happy to admit there are plenty of composers I struggle to appreciate. I'm not, if you like, a TV chef who can't stop raving about every kind of food. If you like a good tune, and I still enjoy the music I was brought up on, a long and varied list too, from David Bowie to Madness, Blondie, Elvis Costello, and now Coldplay and so many more, I can almost guarantee that there'll be something you'll like in classical music. Nobody expects to warm to everything, that's the nature of our tastes, but tastes change. I can see how it may be intimidating to the newcomer. I often feel the same way about reading, because classical music, just like reading, is a road of discovery and experiment, and you can be sure there are vast and endless quantities waiting out there for you. The frustrating truth is that we'll never get to them all. But the surprises we meet along the way make it all so worthwhile, and I can tell you that continues to be my own experience. You do not have to be an expert to appreciate classical music. There is no right or wrong way to react to it. It will spark different feelings in all of us, so don't let anyone tell you that your response to a piece is wrong. I'm here to show you that you can dive in any way you like without any previous knowledge. The idea is not just to plonk on a piece of music and tell you what it is, it's to give you a little information as well, a small steer here and there, in the hope that it will add to the enjoyment of what you hear. All of them, be they familiar or new, will be united by a common thread, a good tune. So I hope you might stay with me to let me show you that if you are one of those people who says that classical music is not for me, you might just might be in for a surprise. And if you're one of those who don't need any persuasion, I hope there may be surprises for you here as well. By way of demonstrating the dive-in approach, let's go to Franz Schubert, my favourite composer and the greatest tune writer, in my opinion, of all time. Despite very stiff competition from the likes of Mozart and Beethoven, or Paul McCartney and Andrew Lloyd Webber. Schubert's output was vast. Most of it found several years after his death in 1828, some 600 songs amongst symphonies, chamber music and piano sonatas, and all by the age of 31. He is my favourite composer by far for one simple reason, melody. No doubt we could all name plenty of composers and musicians in every field who have come up with fabulous tunes, but none of them as many as Schubert. Whether happy or sad, melody is central to all his compositions, and many other times I have caught myself just smiling at the sheer audacity of how simple that melody can be. Schubert was a modest and unassuming man. He never married and was something of a loner. But it would be wrong to say that he was sad. Far from it. He was much loved by many and loved a great deal himself too, perhaps even a little too much as he ultimately succumbed to syphilis. But maybe it's his impecunious life and background that gives soul to his music. 
and here are a couple of examples of what I mean. The first is a short song which gives thanks to the art of music, Anne de Musique, sung by Ian Bostridge, with Julius Drake on the piano. The second is one of Schubert's eight impromptus for piano. This third one in G-flat will stop you in your tracks. Right from the very first notes, you are hooked by an utterly gorgeous tune. The pianist is Alfred Brendel, one of the great Schubert interpreters, who once described this as the ultimate expression of love in music. Oh, 
I well remember being given a book as a child with the letters C-H-O-P-I-N on the front of it. And I certainly had no idea who this bloke Chopin was, as I thought he was called. But it's easily done, and I suspect another of those barriers which puts people off for fear of sounding ignorant. I never got to play this, unfortunately, but what a pretty waltz it is. Chopin's Opus 64 Number 2, played by the legendary, and that's no exaggeration, Arthur Rubinstein.
first piece of orchestral music I bought was Beethoven's Pastoral Symphony. I then found out that he'd written another eight, so decided to collect the lot without having the first idea of what I was doing. It was simple curiosity. And all of them, I was to discover, are wonderful. What makes this man the genius that he was? The short answer is that he tore up the rule book, and nothing in music was ever the same again. The pastoral, his sixth symphony, was a first in two regards. Rather than the conventional four movements, this has five, and it's the first piece of music which you can describe as programmatic, that's to say a specific attempt to illustrate in music the story, theme, place or person. And just in case you're in any doubt about what he's trying to describe in the piece, Beethoven very helpfully puts a title on each of the movements. We're going to listen to the fourth and fifth movements now. The fourth is marked thunder, then storm. The fifth, into which it follows seamlessly, is described as shepherd's song, cheerful and thankful feelings after the storm. It's easy to hear the approaching rain in the music, with its clear and slightly menacing tension, as it builds into a clap of thunder, subsides briefly, only to return with even greater strength. And then, in a matter of a minute or so, you can hear it moving away into the distance as the music fades. The clouds part, the sun comes through, maybe even with a rainbow, it's certainly what comes to my mind, giving way to this comforting and joyful tune, ultimately bringing the symphony to its end with a clear affirmation of calm. And so, here comes, well, the rain. And bringing it is the Vienna Philharmonic Orchestra, conducted by Karl Böhm.
That's it for now. Thank you for listening to Perfect Pitch with Nick Healy Hutchinson. He'll be back again next week with some more treasures for you. So please do join him then. And you can subscribe to this podcast by clicking on the link below.